0: What's up, fellowship fam? How are y'all doing today? i good? Awesome. Hey, hey, look, I'm going to try not to get y'all moving too much, but um, but I'm going to tell y'all right now, if we can just give a hand for the Bauer family, awesome worship this morning. Amazing. <laughs> y'all, and, and look, and this doesn't happen too often, so if we can collectively do this, if we can all just turn to the back real quick, everybody just turn to the back, everybody turn to the back, yes, everybody turn to the back, and just say, Thank you to all our tech team. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Excellent. And then another thing I want to do, because I can't have Justin show me up last week. Me and my wife celebrated our 10-year anniversary this week. All right? So happy anniversary, baby. That's for you. And look, it took a long time for me to find Hot Lady Roses so I was looking for them all week long because that was the rose that was actually in our um, in our wedding, so I did that, and I wore pink for the occasion as well, so I did whatever I could, just trying to get them points. I hope it works so um, but <laughs> but anyways, I love the fact that um, here at the fellowship, we get to just embrace the intergenerational teaching um, in every aspect, and that 's something that I love, and I think that it 's so. It's just so relevant to just see scripture as being one of the practices that we're going over. And we're going over memorization and meditation. And last week we talked about Sabbath as being a mindset. As how we have to, we have to understand the get-tos and not necessarily do we have to look at it as a have-to. We get-to study scripture we get to understand who God is. We have that opportunity and we have to seize that opportunity in every single aspect in order for us to better understand where God is leading us as a family, where God is leading us as a church. And so when we're going through this, I want you all to understand that the get-to aspect doesn't just happen with Sabbath, but it also must happen with our scripture Memorization and meditation must be key in that. You see, when we accept Jesus' invitation to Sabbath, we find that he'll speak beautiful truth to us. He does this through his beautiful word that he provides us. And this introduces the discipline of memorization and even meditation that is established, especially when we allow Christ to reign in our lives. And just to stay close to the new edition um, aspect of it, I've titled this sermon, Can You Stand the Rain? (laughs) Yeah, if y'all don't know that song, that's an amazing song. Y'all need to look it up. Spotify, Shazam, whatever. It's amazing. So that's the title. Can you stand the rain? That's an awesome song, by the way. Y'all need to check it out, like I said. Um so one of the things as we're looking at this, how can we how can we truly know what Jesus wants or what Jesus says apart from Scripture? How can I know this? How can we know that? Well, the truth of the matter is that We cannot. There's nothing I can do to know that. It is true that the Lord does choose to speak in several different ways. He speaks to us through prayer. He does it through our oh-so-fine bride of Christ, and I'm talking about the bride of Christ, right? I'm talking about the true bride of Christ, the one that he looks at, which is the church, See, God has no side chick. God has no side piece. And for those of y'all who don't know what that is, that's basically the terminology that has been given in pop culture today to affirm affairs in many different, uh, in, in many different uh, entertainment values as well. So people say side piece and side chick because we don't want to be negative and say adulterous, right? And that's true in music. That's true in media today. And so I need y'all to understand that. But see, he does it, he does this, he affirms us through the bride of Christ. He does it through sovereign circumstances as well. But all, every single thing that is going to be, all of that as it's affirmed is going to be affirmed in his word, which is his scripture. The scriptures were inspired by that same Holy Spirit that lives in you or or me in him and as we're looking at that all believers in, in the, the scriptures were inspired by the same holy spirit that God indwells in all believers and is necessary for for affirmation of all disciples seeking his leading because the spirit will never work opposed to himself nor opposed to the scripture that he has inspired in order to know what he is saying we must employ the discipline of memorizing and even meditating on scripture So let's just open up to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. And we'll go ahead and dive into scripture right now. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Y'all didn't know that Paul was like an amazing wordsmith. And I say that because when we look at the the, the terminology that says God breathed, it actually translates to theonoustos, which basically means God breathed. Or breathed out by God. You see, Paul, I think, was Southerner because a lot of times we say fixing and ain't nothing broken, right? We say fixing, and he actually made up that word. Because there was no other way, there was no other divine origin that can truly explain that Scripture that Scripture is God-breathed. There is no other way to understand that it is not, because it's not manufactured. It's not, it's not, there's nothing that's put into it. There's no, there's no artificial preservatives. It is true, it is real, and it is done. Scripture is done. And we have to understand that, because you see, Paul knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. Because we can't find that terminology, if you were to study old school Greek, you can't find it in any, in any other place, nor can you find it in the Bible other than that. He did this to recognize that divine origin of exactly where, where Scripture comes from, and it's the fact that it is breathed out by God. It is here today. It will be here tomorrow. You know, what's crazy about that is that y'all, social media... And the, the biggest, one of the biggest followings also, or one of the biggest thing, one of the biggest, not things, but one of the biggest social media platforms that's out right now is Snapchat. It's got billions of followers, billions of followers. All my, you know, most of my students are on it. I see y'all on it all the time. It's cool. But you see, one of the things is that, one of the things about that social media platform, look, I'm moving over here, so they're getting scared. Um... <laughs> One of the biggest things about that social media platform is that you can actually post on it in 24 hours, it's gone. So whatever you post on it, whatever you do on it, 24 hours, it's it's gone. You can no longer see it. Billions and billions of followers are on Snapchat. Billions of followers on Snapchat. The coolest thing about God's word is it's it's, it's better than Snapchat. Its resources are a lot better than Snapchat. Because what you see in Scripture will be here today, will be here tomorrow. It doesn't just last a 24-hour period and that's it. It lasts forever. And as long as we're constantly memorizing and meditating on Scripture, we know exactly what it will say, and we will know exactly what to do with it as well. And Paul goes on to talk in Galatians 5.16. He goes on through 26. He says... If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. You see, Paul is outlining the desires of the flesh. But he wants us to focus on utilizing that desire to stay in step with Christ. Which is why my first point here is the fact that desire needs to be the nucleus of memorization. Desire needs to be the central location that allows us to move forward and want to memorize scripture. And just because in light of, of what it is, I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm going to get y'all woke up on, on some things here. Um, and when I say woke, I'm gonna just going to kind of help y'all understand that. I don't know if y'all knew this, but my students do because I talked about it past three weeks. And my, my adult leaders definitely know because I've been sending them texts every three weeks as well every other day sometimes um but this week or this not week but this month from september 16th through october 15th is actually hispanic heritage month and just in light of hispanic heritage month what i've decided to go ahead and do and some of you are thinking what you get that's because and the reason why is because most spanish-speaking countries have actually gained their independence from or within that time frame so that's why they had, took half of a month and half of a month um But one of the things I'm going to do is not only in honor of that I'm going to mention um, someone old, old, old movie called Stand and Deliver. Has anyone ever seen that movie before? Raise your hand. Okay, so we have. Okay, teachers probably have for sure. Um, This guy named Jaime Escalante was a teacher at Garfield High School, and I'm going to talk about it because I want to talk about desire, but I also wanted to mention this too. He was from um, you know he was a Latino teacher that was there, and he was in Garfield High School, and he was he was actually chosen to, picked out to teach math, two students who were gang members, heads of households, um, who were just the marginalized and didn't have anything to really, to really show for. Um, some of them were, were the heads of households that would allow themselves to just go out work. Single mothers were in that class as well. And he got the, the opportunity to teach them calculus. Calculus. He had to, and if he did not teach them calculus and if it did not pass, then the school was not going to be awarded enough money to continue the programs going. But then also, it would, it would essentially, and some people were saying that it would essentially lead to some of these people dropping out because they just could not get it. So what he ended up doing is teaching them, and he was successful at it. And then when they, when they had the basic, which is kind of like the TCAP, but it was, for, it was for Garfield High School or California, when they had that basic skills test that allowed, it was for calculus, or it was like, kind of like, uh, like the TCAP, what they did is they took the test, and he found out that majority, they found out that the majority of the students actually passed with flying colors. That wasn't good enough for the board of directors, though, because when they saw that The first thing they did was they were like, wait a minute, you got gang members, you got people that are heads of household, single mothers, everyone else like that. How, what, how is this happening? So they made them take it again. So the second time that they took it, more people passed and 30 people out of 33, 30 students out of 33 passed the test with flying colors. So they had more that passed the second time. And one of the things that, and, and see, and a lot of people would look at it and say, man, he probably gave them much knowledge of what was going on. He probably instilled, he probably had them, had them you know, doing calculus in their, in, in their sleep. And yes, he probably did. But the one thing he used to always talk about was something called ganas. And in Spanish, that translates to desire. So everybody say ganas with me. Ganas, that's right, absolutely. That's just a little Spanish lesson for today. Um, but what he talks about is Ganas and how we have to have that desire to go out. And do things. We have to have the desire to go out and understand that, hey, look, this ain't going to be just a just something that we're going to we're going to understand math. We are going to dive deep into it. We are going to take these processes, take these concepts and allow ourselves to learn more about it And this with the same ganas that Jaime Escalante has. We have to have the same ganas when we read scripture and when we want to memorize scripture. We have, to, we have to do that. Why? Because we get to do that as part, of, as part of his family, as part of his kingdom. We get to do that. We have to have the same desire to, to understand what specifically God is talking about when he has our scripture. And, and looking at this, when we develop the desire to submit God's word to memory, we gain knowledge of his direction. He starts speaking directly to us. We start understanding who we're called to. We start understanding where we need to go. And it's one thing to know, but God also wants us to do. He wants us to specifically look at Scripture and know what it does. Talks about it here in Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. It says, For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but we are all naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You see, the author of Hebrews is specifically explaining what scripture can do, which is why it's important to have knowledge of God's word, which is why it's not only important to have knowledge of God's word, but to also seek purpose in it. And be awed by the knowledge of him. You know, it's one thing to know. It's one thing to understand. It's one thing to really kind of look at Scripture and memorize it. But it's another thing to be awed by it. Because when we have that desire, we understand that we are being awed by that Scripture. And when I say that, I say, you know... When you're awed by scripture, you know exactly what it means in your life. And just a while ago, um, just a few or two months ago, we, the students, uh, the students here at Fellowship Student Ministries, what we did is we had a dating series. And all of my, all of my students know what my, what my guidelines are with dating. And if a girl brings up her boyfriend to me, and one of the things I always say is, if you ain't got foe, you What? you out the dough. And when I say that, I'm talking about, you know what, if a man or a woman can't have four scriptures to kind of identify or foundationalize themselves in their life, then they out the dough. They are out the door. And that's the way, and that's what, and that's what I'm teaching to these, to these students here, because I want them to understand that it is okay to have a mission, to have a vision in your life, in your life that's going to take you further. And with that, and when that other person has the mission and the vision, and you collectively have that together, you have separate missions at first, by the way. It's not 50-50 until you get married. That's when it's 50-50. You need to be 100 and 100 before you ever decide to get into a relationship. That's just me. That's just what I say. And I want y'all to be able to understand that that's exactly what needs to be said too as well. And that's what I teach our students. And so, and, and it doesn't just look like, it doesn't just look like something that's saying, you know, oh, it's, I'm just going to go ahead and jot these down and, and have a template and just have these four verses and not really know what they mean. No, we have to have the desire to understand what they mean. And when I'm talking about this, one of my verses that I have was, was for my spouse. And it was, and it was, it was the simple fact that it was Psalm 20, it's Psalm 31, 29, all, all have done excellently, but you surpass them all. That is the one that I have for my wife. See, what I do is I take my four verses. I have one for my wife. I have one for my future. I have one for my family. And I have one for myself and where I'm going through at that point in time. And my scripture for my wife is, is Proverbs 31, 29. And, and it rang truer 10 years ago when I was sitting right here, not sitting right here, but at the church waiting, in, waiting for, for my wife to come down the aisle. And I'm going to tell you anything and everything could have gone wrong that that day especially when you have a 700 dollar dj and then you have a um, you have a uh, you have a, a bill that was uh, that was made on a cocktail napkin from a mexican restaurant right down the street because you decided to go ahead and plan out how you're going to do the catering with him and it worked out um, so all of these things could have gone wrong all of these things could have happened but you know the one thing that the one thing that i don't i don't, I don't even care if it happened the one thing that i wanted to happen The one thing that I knew was going to happen was that my wife was going to be or that this woman was going to walk down the aisle. And she was going to be so confident knowing that knowing that I am going to allow God to lead and I'm not going to go ahead and get it and and put it in myself. And knowing that I'm going to take her hand and God's going to take mine. And we are going to start a family together. But you see, that didn't happen by just me saying that. That happened by me studying the scriptures and having the desire to understand that we need to have a mission and a vision for our relationship. I need to have a mission and a vision for myself when I am going to go into something like that. Because I'm going to tell you, I was sweating more than I'm sweating now. Good night. Woo. Okay. Anyways. Um, but yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you see, Paul talks about in Hebrews what specifically the word can do. And how when we're foundationalized in it, how it can cut, it can move, it can tell the truth. It can expose the truth. Scripture can expose the truth. And that is why when we look, that's my next point right here, which purpose, when we are awed by that knowledge, purpose is the reason for meditation. Meditation. When we not only look at scripture and understand it and know it, there is a purpose that we need to look for. And that's why we meditate on his word. That's why when we read scripture, we sit there and think, how can this apply to my life right now? Since we are called to produce spiritual fruit, we cannot produce that within ourselves. And that's actually outlined in John 15. We must rely on the scriptures to reveal and lead and guide us toward relinquishing of the flesh So that his spirit may be seen in our lives. So that way we could see and know that the spirit is leading us. And it's just not a thing. Because I have a reason. Because I have a gut. When you have a gut, when you have things that are going on, you need to understand that there is the spirit that is moving in certain instances. And when we are memorizing scripture, we know specifically where God is moving. And he starts directing us. And that's why when we seek purpose in these scriptures... We know where God wants us to be. And let's open up in James. We're going to look at James 22 through 25. I I failed to mention we are going to be all up in the book today. All up in it, right? So y'all just be prepared for that. Be prepared to be flipping uh, there because we're going to get there. All right. There's also some on the screen, so you don't necessarily have to be there either. But um, let's go on to uh, James 22 through 122 through 25. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. It's one thing to forget or not know, but it's another To kind of make that up, too. Because when we look in the mirror, and when James is talking about that, when we look in the mirror, we need to understand that that's exactly, we're seeing the direct reflection. And we need to go out knowing that we have to see that direct reflection. We don't need to go out and just be different. We don't need to go out and look different. We need to be the same exact reflection. And the scripture needs to have that same exact reflection on on our lives if we are going If we do abide in Christ, if we've accepted him, that scripture needs to reflect our lives. We can't allow that. We can't allow our lives to call the scriptures false. And when I say that, what I'm talking about is that we can't be a Christian on Sundays and maybe even Wednesdays. And then the rest of the week, we're not even caring about what God has to say. We need to be a Christian on Facebook as much on Facebook as more in life as well. We need to forget about the nonsense of where people are calling and name calling and everything like that and be Christ in the midst of everything. Because if truly we thought about that with social media platforms, how are we reflecting Christ in that? Are we the same person even on our social media platforms that are we are in life? That's why scripture is important. That's why scripture is more concrete than that stuff. And yes, I said stuff. Scripture is more concrete than anything and everything. And if we are going to abide in Christ, if we are going to love like him, if we are going to be like him, that's why memorization of scripture is important. Now, I'm not talking about this as if I memorized the entire Bible because that's not the case at all. That is one thing that I will tell you is hard. It's really hard. And then I do more, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you, I do more with just recognizing specifically what it says and not necessarily, or not memorizing what it says, but memorizing the key points about it and not necessarily memorizing it word for word. And that's why when you meditate on the, that's why when you meditate, you search for purpose in it, it tells the truth. It tells you something that you know. But another thing is that let's not be like too much involved in it to where we just say we read it just to read it and don't necessarily meditate on it. Because when you don't do that, I have a video that's going to have you kind of see what it may look like. So let's take a look at that real quick. I I. want, want. Ice cream. Kanso no. no. Say, Delta. Delta. Eat. Eat. eat ice cream. Kanso no. <laughs> Say, Ice. Ice. Cream. Gantono. Say, I. I. Want. Want. Ice cream. no. <laughs> <laughs> ice. Ice. Cream. Gantono ice cream i I think that's awesome you see this is essentially is the bible in context i like to i like to think about it like that because what what happens is the father he comes he creates this awesome world for us he gives us all the resources all the tools that we need to understand who he is and sometimes we jumble it up we sound exactly we we want to sound we want to sound right we want to sound pure we want to sound enlightened but yet we jumble it up or even another way another another aspect of it is that we take it and we twist it and say all sorts of different things that mean absolutely nothing that mean that have no biblical context in it and i'm going to tell you there there have been some things that have even that have even been said to my wife and I in many situations because of the cross-cultural relationship that we had, because of that, that they said, you know what, you are unequally yoked. But you see, that is absolutely false, and that's twisting out the Bible to make sure that you are accompanying it with with just straight falseness. I was going to say C-R-A-P, but I didn't want to do that, so sorry. Um, Because we can't do that either. We can't jumble up God's word and it come out that way. That's why we have to meditate and take some time to search for purpose in that. And if we have these opinions, if we have these avenues, I'm challenging you. I'm actually asking you, can you stand the rain? If God has the rain on your life, where can you find that rain? And where can you find that, where can you find that scripture that we get to read, that we get to understand? And how do we do it? And you can't just do it and say, oh, look, it says here. You have to look at it in context. We have to meditate on it. We can't just read to just say, okay, I'm checking, my, I'm checking my devotional off my list. No. Let's read and understand and pray that God show us his word throughout the day, throughout the entire day. Because it's not just a two-minute meditation of, oh, I see what he's talking about. Okay, let's move on. No. And I like, I like the symbolization of, of even of Delta and how and her father, how he's slowing down. He's slowing it down so she can understand. Sometimes God wants us to slow down just so we can meditate and understand. And then he's constantly and he's not giving up. He still tries and he's laughing. And it makes me think of God and how he does the same thing to us. How he says, this is what I want. And even though we jumble it up, he's still there. He's still sovereign. He's still there for you and I. And he still has his word here for you and I. See, we must practice and we have to seek purpose in God's word, not only through knowing or memorizing, but also meditating. In Romans 7, 18 through 19, it says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do good, the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. See, when Paul's writing this letter... He's saying, look, I'm trying. I'm doing it. And just like Delta has her father, we have the heavenly father that's sitting there, giving us the opportunity to learn who he is, allowing us the opportunity to be here. And we need to take advantage of that opportunity and move forward in knowing what God says, but also being awed by it being awed by the truth of scripture, being awed by who he is. And you see, David even describes it in Psalm 119, one nineteen nine through 16. He says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. You notice the first part of that psalm when David was writing, he talks about the desire to know God's word. And then the latter, he talks about the purpose that drives meditation. And in, the, in, this, and in this instance, it's joy. For some of us, it may be Humility. For some of us, there may be a sadness that we have to meditate on, that we have to meditate that allows us to meditate on scripture. So that way we can seek purpose and understand and know that our God is a sovereign God and he he directs our paths all the time. He even directed your path here. And if this is your first time visiting or this is, you know, just know that it is not by accident that you are here. God has a message for you. He has a love letter for you. And he wants us to take time to read it. He wants us to take time to apply it. He wants us to take time to memorize it. He wants us to take time to meditate on it for the glory of his kingdom. Not just so it can be a book on our shelf. Not just just so it can be something that we take on Sundays and Wednesdays and toss out the rest of the week. But so that it's something that we apply to our lives daily. So that it's something that breaks borders and goes across the land. I work for a Bible publisher, and I'll tell you one of the things that's so fascinating is knowing that 5,000-plus languages have been, that it has, been it has been transcribed, and 5,000-plus languages are translated, and it's still going. There's still people that we have. We have Farsi Bibles. We have Japanese Bibles. We have side-by-side bilingual Bibles. We have all sorts of things, but you see, that's what's amazing about God's word is that it can break through those barriers and it can do that. And many people would say, oh, where God's word was manufactured because of X, Y, Z and all these people, that's their translation and everything like that. My God is so powerful that I am so, so just, I just know that he would not do anything like that and that it is God breathed. I am so confident in the fact that I serve a God that won't. Have me misinterpret anything. But see, that's why we have the Holy Spirit to guide us as well. And so what David says is that we have a tendency to wander and that we need to memorize and meditate on scriptures in order to keep our way intentional and pure inside of the Lord. And just my last point here is the fact that we need to memorize and meditate on scripture. Second Timothy three twelve through 17, it says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All who desire to live a godly life. We're going to be persecuted. Yeah, there's going to be mishaps. There's going to be things that we're going to have to defend. There's things that we're going to have to we're going to have to take in. While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how can childhood and and how and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We need to memorize Scripture, and we need to meditate on it. And this isn't me saying it as a means of you need to do it, but it's a means that I'm saying this because I want you to understand that we get to do this. And we need to do it if we want to live a godly life and produce spiritual fruit. We need to do it to withstand certain persecution and deceit that will come because when we are persecuted, it's the scripture, it's the love letter that helps us understand where it's coming from. And it's the meditation that helps us seek purpose in how we deal with it. And we need to do it because, well, our lack of desire to feast on the word may be due to gorging ourselves in the world. If we're too busy having a buffet of what the world can offer. We're totally taking out what Christ can offer. And he can give us more than the world can ever give us. And we need to do it so that we can give it away ourselves. That way we can preach the word of God. Not just show it through action, but there has to be an explanation with that action. And that's where his words come in. And in conclusion, our knowledge of Scripture gives us the authority and the fruit that we bear as evidence of that. That knowledge of Scripture, it gives us the authority to go out as God's army. Go out and make disciples of all the nations. To do whatever it takes to make disciples that gather, grow, and go as we have here in the vision. But I want to ask you one more thing before we leave. If the church and the Bible were lost tomorrow, were taken out of of everything, could the gospel and the truth of the word go forward? If the Bible was taken out of our churches, if the Bible was taken out of rotation, if the Bible was pulled off the shelves of bookstores everywhere, if LifeWays just shut down and you couldn't go and get your Precious Moments Bible or anything else like that, or whatever it may be, are we prepared to reconstruct the Bible from memory if we needed to disciple our younger generations? Are we able to do that? These are committed to memory by meditation, for us to navigate the world of lives, with the truth as our anchor, and to serve as a gift from us to those coming after us, future disciples. This is why it's important. This is why this practice isn't so we can be perfect. The practice, the practice of memorization and meditation, isn't it, practice. May, yes, we hear practice makes perfect, but in this case, just like Justin said, practice makes permanent. And we need to understand how important this is, not only for us, but for future generations that need to learn and engulf the Bible just as much as we love it. As Christians, we need to do this so other people can love it and learn by it as well. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to say it again. Can you stand the rain? Are you ready to stand the rain that God wants on your life? As the band comes up, we're also going to have an opportunity for a decision. We'll have prayer partners on the side. I'll be up here if you need to talk, if you need to pray over some things. But what are some things that you're going to do? What are some actions that you're going to do to make sure that this practice is relevant in your life? Think about that. If you need to write it on the cross as well, you can do that too. Let's pray. God we thank you so much for your word. Your never-ending love letter that is so relevant to today. Many people will say that the Bible is the Bible and culture has changed and and how and how it it just isn't relevant anymore, but that is that is a lie straight from the pits of hell because we know that the Bible was relevant then, it is relevant now, it serves a purpose now, and it has a passion now that you, want to, that you want it and you want it to instill it on every single one of our lives, God. And I ask that as we go through these practices, may we make them relevant in our lives. May we learn to, may we learn to love you through them and not necessarily love the practice, but love you through them. And can we stand the rain on our lives? Can we stand your rain on our lives? If anyone in here that does not know Jesus, God, I ask that you challenge them with this. Challenge them with the word. Challenge them with meditation. So it can all be done to glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.